It's time for Defending the Faith with Pastor Kenny Word of Gospel Lighthouse Church in Bossier City. Defending the Faith is designed to contend against heresies invading our church today and building our foundation upon faith in Jesus Christ. Here's Pastor Kenny Word. This is where the fear of God will either rule your life or be put on a shelf. If you fear God, you're going to you're going to literally run almost back into that store. Once you realize it, you're going to literally run back there and say, I can't hold this. And they'll say, well, I don't remember doing it. And say, I don't care what you do with it, but it is not mine. Here, you ever played the game Hot Potato? That's the idea. Why would somebody act like that? Have you ever seen somebody act like that? Or have you ever acted like that? You know why that you did that in that situation? It's because you had a healthy fear of God. And what I want you to know tonight is when your fear of God turns into fear of man, you're setting yourself up for a trap. That fear of God will produce life in you. But when it wanes, you'll start moving to the third row and fourth row. I'm teasing. Then you'll get on the back row. I'm still teasing. But what we see in, 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 in this situation is God's testing. God's testing. There's a reason for it. God's looking to see if you're awake and aware of what's going on. In order to have a healthy fear of God, you've got to measure that against every situation that you're in. The way that you treat your spouse or your child or your grandchild or your neighbor, the way that you treat anyone, your boss, your coworker, Anyone, it is through the lens of fearing God first. I'm not going to talk bad about Him. Why? Because I fear God. I don't want to get outside of God's umbrella. I'm not going to do Him wrong. Why? Because I'm just a swell guy? No, because I fear God. I'm not going to do them wrong, not because I'm an awesome individual. You're not. I'm not. The reason you don't do them wrong is because you fear God first and foremost. The Bible says that the fear of God is the beginning of what? It is the beginning of wisdom. This is where wisdom is birthed from. See, if somebody doesn't have a fear of God, they're not going to be walking in wisdom. They're going to be a walking fool. Running into walls all the time spiritually. Boom, boom, boom. What's the problem? Is it because they're not as smart as anybody else? No, it's because they don't fear God. See, you can't make somebody fear God. Let's think about that situation. I keep looking at my watch. 
Let's think about that situation just real quick. If somebody doesn't fear God when they when they hand the cashier twenty dollars, and the cashier hands them ten bucks and then a twenty back, the person that doesn't fear God just walks out. You can't make them fear God. You can't. And the person that does that, it becomes a snare for them. It becomes a snare for them. The reason why this is important to God, the reason why He said it's the beginning of all wisdom, is because it is the first priority in a person's life. This trumps all others. The fear of God will keep you from being a bad employee. The fear of God will keep you from being a bad customer. The fear of God will keep you from being a bad church member. The fear of God will keep you from being a bad family member. Fear of God will keep you from being a bad citizen. Right? Luke 21, verse 34. Take heed to yourselves. Notice this is in red letters. So you got to listen with both your ears. Take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged. Can I pause for a minute? If your heart is overcharged, you're going to miss living how God wants you to live. You know, it's possible to have too many cares. It's possible to have too many irons in the fire. And it's possible to to have too much stock in one thing. An overcharged heart will sink a ship. Okay, take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life. And so that day come upon you unawares. Verse number 35. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore and complain always. (laughs) Watch ye therefore and watch TV all the time. It says, watch ye therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. How many of you would like to stand before the Son of Man? You see, when the Lord's talking in this passage about 
your heart being overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and the cares of this life. He's using drunkenness as an illustration. What happens to the person who is a drunk is they become intoxicated, enamored, intoxicated. It actually dulls the senses. It makes you feel like either Mighty Mouse or Superman when that's not the reality. It dulls the senses. First and foremost, I will say this, that the Bible does clearly say that drunkards shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Just throw that out there. But when Jesus is talking in this verse specifically, He's not literally talking about drunkards. He's using it as an example of people who have their senses dull. And when you're talking about fearing God versus fearing man, when people no longer fear God, they will dull their senses. They know that they should do this, but they pour a little water on the fire. They know that they should do right, but they dull their senses to doing the right thing. They take the edge off. They justify their wrongdoings. And by justifying their wrongdoings, it is equated to drunkenness. It's taking the edge off. Justifying wrongdoings, it, what it does is it will dull your senses. You will no longer be as quick and responsive to the voice of God in your heart. Most people... You know, one of the, one of the best things that, that we can do is what I call use a spiritual Q-tip. Ask God if there's anything that is in me that's keeping me back from hearing you, remove it, Lord. Show me what it is, and I'll let it go. I'll let it go, Lord, because I desire you more than it. And sometimes we feel like we're, we may be far away from God. And if you'll pray that, God will usually show you where you're going wrong. Because see, the Bible says, Jesus said that my, he said my, in John chapter uh, 14, he said that my sheep hear my voice. John chapter 10. My sheep hear my voice and obey Him. But He said that His sheep hear His voice. And if you're His sheep, you should be hearing God prompting you from your heart. You should be hearing the Holy Spirit telling you, yay or nay. And if you're not hearing that, you need a spiritual Q-tip. And that's a scary prayer to pray. Lord, what am I doing wrong? I wouldn't say it that brass. 
But you say, Lord, what am I doing wrong? I desire you. I desire to hear you. I desire to obey you. Show me my error. And I can promise you, every time I've prayed that, God has shown me something. God has shown me an area where I've become overcharged in my heart. Uh, you know what it's like when you put too much sugar or too much cream in your coffee? It just don't work right. And when your heart becomes unbalanced, when there's no longer that healthy, vibrant place of the fear of God, when other things start coming into your heart, when other cares and other desires begin to come into your heart, your heart is overcharged. Because it's not built to serve two masters. Your heart is built to serve one. There can only be one God. You're either going to serve the God of this world or the God of heaven. And sometimes you need to make that choice daily. And so when you begin to, in one breath, try to please God, but in another breath, live like the world, your heart goes, it's too much, it's too much, it's overcharged. And you'll no longer hear God. Feel far away from God. What, where did God go? God's still there. Your heart is overcharged. Your heart is overcharged. And God whispers sweetly and gently to His children to take heed. You know what it means to take heed? Hmm? Pay attention. It, it actually, one of the pictures for take heed is to bring everything back where it's supposed to be. Not let yourself go. Not just let yourself go willy-nilly, but bring yourself back. Consciously make yourself come back to the place where you're supposed to be. Take heed. Intently listen. Listen with the heart to obey. When Jesus says here in this passage that we should take heed to ourselves, it means that we should be constantly monitoring our state of being spiritually. We should be constantly monitoring our state of being, and we should be saying, you know what? I didn't have as much victory today as I did yesterday. Lord, what's going on? Where, where, where's my problem? You know, most often whenever I pray that, God, for me, it's a perspective problem. Perspective problem. I'll begin to think about things on the wrong level. Amen? When, in other words, perspective is this. When you live to please others more than you live to please God, you've got a perspective problem. When you live 
in an effort to make other people happy rather than living in an effort to make God happy, your heart will be overcharged. And what you're doing is you're setting yourself up for a snare. It says that this day comes like a snare. And these people who are overcome with this overcharged heart, the cares of this life, that day comes on them unaware. You know, a, a, a person who is drunk on alcohol, you can sneak up behind them, can't you? Now, I don't recommend doing it. But I'm just saying, if a person is drunk with alcohol, you can sneak up behind them because they're unaware. They're unaware of what's going on. Their senses have been dulled. And spiritually speaking, many people are getting overcome because their senses are dulled because they're drunk on the world. They're drunk on the pleasures of life. They're drunk on the desire to look good in other people's eyes. They're overcome with worldliness and not godliness. And if a person is overcome with worldliness, they will be unaware of the things of God. It'll pass them by. And they won't even realize it. It'd be like so many people In, in John chapter 1, it says that Jesus came unto His own and His own received Him not. They didn't know Him. They were unaware. They were too concerned with the world. They were too concerned with pleasing each other and pleasing the religious crowd and, and doing this and doing this that they missed Jesus. You know that some people can get too caught up in life and they'll miss Jesus? Some people will get too caught up in life and they'll miss Jesus. They'll miss what Jesus has for them. Listen, you can have in one church service, you can have one person experiencing God and another person thinking about their bills. They could even be sitting on the same pew, living under the same roof. What's different? Well, it's not the pastor's fault or the worship team's fault. It's not the air conditioner or the lighting. It's not the music. Problems, an overcharged heart. And if we're not willing to take heed to ourselves, take inventory on our heart to make sure our hearts are not overcharged with worldliness, we will always miss what God has for us. See, God's constantly speaking to you, constantly leading you, constantly prompting you. But if your heart is overcharged with the world, you'll miss it. You'll miss it. 
You know, sometimes we need to take inventory on ourselves. The Bible says in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 13 that we should examine ourselves to see if we be in the faith. 2 Corinthians 13, 5. We should examine ourselves to see if we be in the faith. Sometimes we need to do it as self-examination to make sure that we're in a healthy place of fearing God first. Healthy place of fearing God first. You see, I'm, I'm probably going to be doing a couple of sermons about priorities. I want to lay some groundwork for our priorities. You see, nothing works outside of not fearing God. If a person doesn't fear God, they're going to be very casual in their worship of God. If a person doesn't fear God, they're going to be casual in how they respond to God. You see, church I grew up in pastor preached I mean he preached he preached his guts out he preached hell was hot and I still to this day remember some of those sermons I still remember him preaching hell was hot and it struck fear in my heart but I promise you, I did not listen to that sermon because I feared God. I listened to it because I feared my mom. And if my mom wasn't looking, I'd get up. I'd go here, I'd go there. Why? I wasn't there to fear God. I was only there because I didn't want to get a mark on my arm from my mom pinching me. See, you can bring people to church. You can come to church. But if you don't fear God, even though you're here, you're not going to be here. Some people are too concerned with any, every, anything and everything else under the sun than what the preacher's talking about. You should see things from up here. <coughs> Ask the worship team. They know. You know. But see, when, when there's a healthy fear of God, you're where you are because you fear God. If you're not where you are because you fear God, you're there for the wrong reason. You're there because somebody else wants you to be there. And listen, from that, God may work in somebody's life. I'm living testimony. 
Whenever I got saved, I only went because my friend wanted me to go. I didn't go because I feared God. But once I went to church, it changed me forever. You don't know how many... You know, from the, from the day that I got saved, I can count on both hands how many times I've missed church. I promise you. Even on vacation, even through death, despair, darkness. When I was single, I, I went to more than one church. People thought I was a member at three different churches one time. If the doors was open, I was there. They had Bible studies on Tuesday, I went. Wednesdays, I went. Thursdays, I went. What y'all doing on Friday? I was the only white person in one church. <laughs> and, and it was awesome. They welcomed me in. Because we were brothers and sisters in the Lord. There's a desire for God. It doesn't matter what anything else is like. Because when you fear God first and foremost in your life, everything else will begin to fall into place where it should. But sometimes people will allow anything and everything to come between them and God. Anything and everything to come between them and God. You know, as we get into this about priorities, as we get into this about priorities, I'm going to challenge you. Just forewarning you, I'm going to challenge you. Nothing is more important than what your priority is. Your priority speaks volumes more than your mouth. If somebody is a priority in your life, you order your life differently. Right? Look, this has ramifications. This starts with a priority towards faith and trust in God. And then it begins to flow into relationships. Priority starts there, and then it will flow into relationships. And we're going to go through these things. How we should prioritize our lives, our love. And God's desire... God's desire is that we live in a godly, orderly manner. When a person's priorities are out of whack, everything else begins to fall out of whack as well. Some, some examples of, of, an, of, an, of a life whose priorities are out of whack. Well, number one, when you become worldly and not godly, you become drunk on the world and you'll become overcome. You'll get overcome. Okay? Mm. Secondly, got something I wanted to say, but I'm... secondly, 
You know, another example of when somebody's priorities get out of whack is when somebody prioritizes maybe sports over spouse. Sports over spouse. What's the problem? Did they just forget how to love? No. Their priorities are out of whack. That's what happened. What about whenever a person begins to to love a child more than they love a spouse? Again, it's not that they forgot how to love. It's that their priorities are out of whack. When a person begins to prioritize job over family, it's out of whack, right? There's a balance in these things. And I want to show you, I want to show you as we get into this how to balance those things. So prayerfully and hopefully, God will help us to order our lives and order our steps in a godly manner. Again. The fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom. So if we're going to live right, it's going to start and be birthed out of a fear of God, first and foremost. Fear of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Defending the Faith with Pastor Kenny Word of Gospel Lighthouse Church in Bossier City. Defending the Faith is designed to contend against heresies invading our church today and building our foundation of faith upon Jesus Christ. Gospel Lighthouse Church is located at 4350 Panther Drive in Bossier City. Go to churchlighthouse.com for more information and please tune in again next time for Defending the Faith.